Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Gut check game, gut check game with the big check mark. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. I'm Tommy Sladek. We have Samantha Crossan with us. And we mentioned the get gut check game because Lawrence Moten, poetry, our guy, not with us this week. He'll be back next week. But that was his big statement heading into what were the past two games for SU men's basketball in Boston College and Florida State. And Syracuse walking away with two W's. And the way this ACC standings is shaping out, every win is going to matter when it comes to these rankings come early March down in Greensboro. But Sam, open it up to you. Big win over Florida. Florida State last night, and I think more than anything, we had a close out. This team closed out. They closed out. They had a fast start, but before even getting into that analysis, I think it cannot be understated what you just mentioned, that every single game moving forward is the most important game of the mm-hmm. season, and FSU was included in that because this was one of the weakest games remaining on the schedule. If you lose that, your net ranking – 100% goes down, and oh, I don't think time. they even have a shot at an at-large bid at that point. Yeah. Every single game, if you want a shot at an at-large bid at all, is crucial in these next six games, six mm-hmm. regular season games. But outside of that, FSU, yeah, I mean, let's talk from the beginning about that fast start. That's not something we've seen in a while. No, fast start, I believe they came out the gate 9-2, to two, but then it was that that sloppiness, and it kind of went away before I even got my tweet out fully, just being like, oh, my gosh, we just had a fast start. But to, to, to have that happen, even just for a few minutes, was refreshing. And then to actually close out the game, and right when it felt like time and time again when they had that lead with about eight minutes to go, and all of a sudden it was a scoring drought, and in the final two minutes it was, it was enough to get that 76-67 victory. But you mentioned the, the at-large bet at this point, it's – there's some people that have it completely ruled out. I don't just because Me of the neither. quad ones coming up. And I just think it's it's until it's statistically impossible, we're not going to say anything, especially with this program. Uh, Brendan Hodges on the producer, Mike. Brendan, any any what stuck out to you about, about last night? I know you have Joe Girard listed down here. What was your big takeaway? I'm not going to lie, guys. I had a other engagement that kept me from watching the first half. Hey, honesty is the best policy. When I got to the game, though, I checked back on like how it had gone so far. And... You know how I track like the first four, last four minutes of each half. I mean, it seemed like they actually won the ones that mattered this time, and mm-hmm. they didn't the ones that hadn't mattered over the course of the season. The only other thing is, though, that I, I'm still like concerned. Uh, and I know you're saying that it's not out of the question to think that they can get an at-large bid, but I still think if they play defense in the ways they played in spots where Florida State was still able – to cut up the zone, like take the shot clock down yeah. to like five, four seconds and find themselves right in front of the basket with no one in sight, they won't get there. 
Now, there were also times where they were forcing Florida State to pass the ball to the wing, look at the basket for two seconds, pass the ball back to the top and playing a two-man game up there that's 30 feet away. That's not going to hurt you. But again, Florida State, Leonard Hamilton's a great coach, doesn't have the best team this year. So it's a good win. They had to win it. I was texting Sam back and forth saying it's a game they had to win and a game they were expected to win, and they did. So props to them. Yeah, there were some nice adjustments. I think the biggest one off the page was uh, Naheem McLeod, the the big, big center down low, had I think it was twelve or fourteen points in the first half. Finished with sixteen in the first half. And and this is not a guy that's averaging those type of numbers. And it was just the simple, just breakdown of the zone. And just that it was it was Florida State getting patient. And the second they got patient, it was just that exposure of getting some guy there in the low post. And it happened again and again. You know. Uh, Jim Beheim just said they, you know, the, the the main adjustment was they just took it away. Jesse was able to block, you know, take that away from them. But it just shows the go, goes to show just again and again it, it continues to be something that um, is a little bit of an issue. But to see them make that adjustment was refreshing. Not to mention, I think something that worked in their favor, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. is that this team, Florida State, was not shooting. Three, was not shooting oh, it was behind ugly. the arc very It was an well. ugly game at the start. It was ugly. Really gross. And that's, as far as my worry moving forward, my worry is when are we going to match up against a team that has great three-point shooters and what's going to be the outcome of that game. But yeah. certainly Naheem McLeod had this team's number. Really fun guy to watch play. Um, but as far as some of the positives, I mean, the 16-2 to scoring run down the stretch made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And there was heart behind that. There really was, especially from Judah Mintz. I like the way he drives so aggressively. I really feel like that put a little bit of juice into that arena that was half full. You know, yeah. I think people were really riled up to see that. And Joe Girard did have one of his best games of the season. And back to what Brendan has said in the past, when you see Joe Girard and Jesse Edwards both playing well, this team tends to follow their lead. I actually have an addition to that stat. Add to it. Bring um, it on. I, I broke. So while you guys were, while Tommy was on vacation on Tuesday, we're recording this on a Thursday. I broke down the entire season, not including exhibit, not, not including exhibition games. Um, it in the 15 wins and I guess 16 now that they've played um, Florida State that they've won. I believe 10 of those, it's not just Jesse and Joe, but they have usually two other guys that score in double digits, Mm -hmm. Um, usually from the starting five. The bench has given them next to nothing for most of the year, and it's interesting for that for me because, Tommy, I remember earlier in the year you mentioned that last year we saw the starters play a majority of the minutes. This year we're not necessarily seeing that, but the starters are doing the majority of the scoring. Mm. That's Yeah, uh, that's interesting to say. I mean, I I felt like there was this trend of – of just someone on the bench coming on and, and making that kind of being that, that sixth guy. And then now that we're seeing with Benny Williams on the bench, I felt honestly like it was who, whoever was kind of really getting those main minutes from Benny was the one that was coming out and performing. But uh, you know, Chris Bell was in double digits, even though it felt like he wasn't getting some of those, those threes that he normally has there in the corner. But you mentioned the three point shooting, right? Florida state shot 25% from three, but they took 35 of them. And this is just a known fact at this point that 
whoever is playing Syracuse, they are more likely than not. And this this goes to show in the ACC, and it's been like that, I believe, for a few years, where when they play Syracuse, they're going to set probably their season high for most threes taken in a game. Absolutely. Just because of the defense they're going up Absolutely. against. It's the Alex yeah. O'Connell effect. <clears throat> the Alex, the AOC, as they say. Syracuse... They didn't even shoot fantastic from three, just six for 21. But end of the day, the, I mean, Joe certainly hit most of them. But the 26 points was fantastic for him. You know, Jesse Edwards, 18 points, 12 rebounds. And then Mintz, that two points in the first half, 14 in the second. And this is all a nice recovery for someone that kind of got rim stuffed twice trying to dunk it. Uh, I know the I know Anish and the broadcast team had mentioned that there were some NBA scouts in the building. Judah's certainly someone that they're always keeping their eye on here. And it felt like he just started becoming himself, started becoming relaxed. And uh, and it was big because there was, what, multiple three-point plays down the stretch, two of them from Judah when he was driving. And that has been the biggest thing is he he drives so hard that it's drawn, those tra- that's, it's drawn the charges, it's drawn the fouls. But to, last night it just felt like... Everything was going his way. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. You know, it was like all of it was so many three point plays and he seemed confident. He seemed fearless. I really like his style. And Joe Girard, you know, I I appreciate Joe Girard because all of the points that he got or many of them, at least, I feel like came at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Like any point in which FSU was trying to get their juice back, Joe Girard would hit a three, would quiet the noise and would calm things back down again. So I. I, I trust him, and I think that he did a really good job yesterday. Yeah, it was it was it was just nice to see in a team that just needed needed to win both of those games was expected to win them. BC certainly, if you walk away just from a resume standpoint, the Eagles just knocked off Virginia Tech last night. We saw what happened to SU when they took you know when they took on um, that Virginia Tech team in Blacksburg. It's also a Boston College team that beat Clemson. So even though they're still right hovering around five hundred. It just goes to show that that density that is starting to build up in the middle of the conference there. And with Syracuse now at eight and six, or excuse me, yes, eight and six, right now they're eighth. And it would be, I believe, the third year in a row that they would end up in that eight nine seed game, which I hate that spot. Because Why? it you then play the one seed after that. Mm-hmm. So one through four gets the bye in the ACC tournament. And then you have um yeah, one through four, and the eight nine plays each other. That team goes ahead and plays the one. Well, remember you have the double buy for one through four in the ACC, yeah. I believe. Yeah, the, the single I, buy I, for Syracuse. So whatever you want to call it, like I think people understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean it's a yeah, play and playing game, but hey, always always nice to play one last game. But I would rather see. I would love to just see them in the seven in the ten, just because there is that buildup at the top right now. Where Virginia, I'm looking at it right now, ten and three in the one seed, but. Clemson's also 10 and 3. Pitt's also 10 and 3 and then Miami is 10 and 4. So there is that build up kind of in these big old chunks across the board here and I just think Syracuse would fare better playing a team like Clemson, Pittsburgh or Miami theoretically in that quarterfinal round, you know, should it should it come mm-hmm. to that. But again, still have some games to play and for the Syracuse team right now, they have a weekend break. Doesn't normally happen. Does not normally happen. Um, I like I to imagine that. it probably feels good. Probably is refreshing for them. Absolutely. You get a couple of days to just kind of calm down, even if it's just mentally a mm-hmm. little bit of a reset. 
And then you got some Valentine's Day action. Yeah, the Valentine's Day hoops. And what should be a quad one opportunity against NC State. Now, NC State is coming off a loss, <clears throat> but coming into this week ranked number 22. Lost to Virginia. So it's I, I don't think there's going to be too much movement in that. But end of the day, there's only so many games left. We are getting into mid-February by the time this game happens. And if they're able to get it, a win over the Wolfpack at home, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good feeling. I think it's a team that they can do it against, um, not just because of what this NC State team is this year, solid, solid team, but because Syracuse has just seemed to have had their number in the past few years. So, Not to mention, yeah. you know, once, once you get a little bit of juice, you're on a two-game winning streak. I feel like wins lead to more wins. Sometimes losses lead to more losses. So I feel like we're on that positive end of the curve right now. We'll see what happens. You want to get hot at the right time. Yes, sir. You want to get hot at the right time. And I think it's just more, more opportunity. And the broadcast team was, did a good job of explaining it last night is that when McLeod and the big guys on that Florida State team went out and it was small, they're like, this has to be the moment. This has to be the moment that Jesse Edwards steps up and takes advantage. And we did see him start to get that, that, that big boy mo where he's like, I'm the most powerful guy out here last, last, you know, right now. I need to act like it. That reverse alley-oop, one of my favorite plays of his ever. That was That was really cool. Nuts. It just shows you how tall he is. Sports on a play center like top that, 10. Right? It was just out of the air and just zoop, He right soared. Behind. Mm-hmm. He flew. Sword flew reverse. It, was beautiful. it did. It felt good. Um, so, SU men, NC State, next Tuesday, Valentine's Day, 7 o'clock on the ACC network. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. SU women we're just going to touch on because by the time you're listening to this, we will have already experienced that North Carolina game that happened Thursday night that for us right now has not happened yet. But number 14, the Tar Heels, just another opportunity to get that ranked win. You made some mention of Tisha Hyman this morning. Yes. Uh, certainly she someone that I think can be an X factor and just a team that is still looking for that win, a team that is is just struggling in that fourth quarter. I hope it happens Thursday night. However, I did hear her say in her media availability that they've been working a lot on defense, mm. on their concepts, and she feels that everybody is on the same page. Everyone is getting a better understanding of what they're trying to do defensively. They've been making some adjustments. So that's something to look out for in this matchup is any changes to the defense or seeing if that can be a little bit more efficient and effective. Yeah, looking forward to that one happening at the Dome. As for what happened over this past weekend, we had the SU men's lacrosse season opener. Yes, sir. Samantha Crossan was a part of the extended broadcast pregame halftime and postgame and postgame so the orange gary gates second year walking away with that 7-5 win over vermont not to mention the defending american east back-to-back champions so uh, overall just getting a win at all in the type of conference that they play in and the type of season that they go up against what was your main takeaway well you know, listen, you said it, a win is a win. And for a team that went 4-10 and ten on the season yet last year, that mm-hmm. is something that you wanted to see, is simply wins. Yeah. But 
I mean, seven to five, that's an interesting score. That's pretty low scoring on both ends. It was surprising to me. And I think a big reason for that, and one thing they'll want to focus on in the two upcoming games, is the shooting wasn't great. The angles weren't great. The shooting percentage wasn't great. However, the defense, which is something that SU struggled with all year long last year. We're going to talk about that goalie, right? That We're was talk about that transfer, right? That was different. Will Mark, yeah, out of LIU, is different. And in his first start, one ACC Defensive Player of the Week in his first start hit the 500 save benchmark. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who his former coach said you could count on 15 to 20 saves a game from him. Do you know what kind of confidence that instills in a team? That is not normal. That is not a regular amount of saves to be casually making. He did a great job, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in the future. Yeah, offensively, I was encouraged by the amount of shot taking from Joey Spillina. Agreed. Of course, a, a big, a big talker coming in was you know the number one freshman in the country. But you made a mention of their angles and shots, and it, it did feel like I just think there there just needs to be a little bit of room to get comfortable with it because it felt like the shots were there, just maybe not at the right time and place. And also, let me just say. The reason why they have two upcoming games, you'll notice as we talk about this upcoming schedule, that there's a game on Friday versus UAlbany and Sunday against Holy Cross. They wanted to front load this schedule. Gary Gate got to create this schedule, and he wanted to do it intentionally. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he wants these games early on is because you do have a lot of freshmen out there playing who are going to be contributors this year, and you want to get everybody on the same page. So this is a perfect way to do that. And for anyone who's saying about the shooting percentages, X, Y, and Z, calm down. Yeah. It's one game. I think that all freshmen deserve a couple of games to get on the same page. Even the the top ranked recruit in the nation is going to need two or three games to understand you're not playing with, you know, 15 and 16 year olds anymore. You're you're playing with young men. You're playing with dudes who are older than you. Like you Mm -hmm. need a minute, better goalies, better defense. Let's let's give this all a minute, a couple games, and see where we're at. Because I, I really think that Joey Spillane is going to be critical to the offensive production, and everyone will see that shortly. I agree. And they got the win, end of the day. Win's a win. Got to be happy with that, especially after a season in which this Orange team went 4-10. and 10. So, I think there's a lot to look forward to with this season. I think there's a lot to look forward to with this Syracuse women's team that opens things up. On Saturday, February 11th, noon start on the ACC Network Extra. We're back in the Dome, and it's number four, Northwestern in town. And this is a program that has had this team's number. Probably the best season opener that you could have picked from an excitement standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, and getting the fans revved up. Storyline, you know? Just the storyline is there. I mean, yeah. Listen, last year... A 16 to 15 overtime loss during the regular season, and then, and then a 15 to 4 beatdown in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament Ugh, knocked them out. That was bad. That was a bad game. And honestly, I did not think, that. I never thought that was how the season was going to end, but I knew that there were some problems. I knew that they had some defensive work to do as well. They were splitting time between two goalies, neither of who really ever truly, I feel, figured it out sure. or was the main starter. I will say this. They have a, a new goalie this year, a freshman, Daniela Gayette. So I'm interested to see if she gets some playing time. And that could be the X factor as well. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what's there. But Emma Ward is coming Emma back. Ward. I'm so – I mean, come on. Yeah. 
I'm so excited. No, she, she's great. You got the Tyrell sisters. It's going to be a good season. A lot, of, a lot of exciting people returning. And just exactly the same way as it being Gary's second year, it's Kayla's second season. Um, and I just I, I think there's so much to say about, I mean, not like I've been a Division One lacrosse head coach, but I'd like to think going into year two, it's just a more comfortable feeling. Yes. And I, I can't wait. And just to start it off with Northwestern, it's a credit to both programs and that they're not afraid of anybody. It's exciting. Not a fan of anybody and just wanting to get it off and, and let's start with a bang. And there's not more of a definition than Syracuse Northwestern week one. Can't wait. I love it. Great season opener. Gonna let's ride. Up. Let's ride. Let's ride. And let's finish up with some trivia before we get out of here. Brendan had Moten go three for three on him last week. I just timed a, it out, guys. Tremendous, tremendous I, I watched it back. Performance. He answered that question in just over a minute. And the question was, who were the Brendan, two? you got embarrassed. The three, three teams, teams that SU yeah. has lost to at Yankee Stadium in and 10 games. Just rattled through it. Well, the, first, the first two I wasn't upset about. It was the third one. It was the it was Army in yeah. 1960. Anyway, um, we've had some. We, there's a pretty big game this weekend, guys. Pretty, pretty, pretty big game out west. Uh, we've also seen plenty of news out of the NBA this week. It's the trade deadline coming up. So I ask you. Who was the last Syracuse University alumni to play on a Super Bowl winning team? Who was the last Syracuse University alumni to play on an NBA Finals winning team? Oh, my God. Um, is it, so this is a two for one to confirm? Yes. Two answers in this one. Mellow for NBA. Negative. Last super last Super Bowl winning Syracuse. Oh. Riley Dixon, LA Rams. Was he on the Rams? You believe he was the punter last year, was he not? I thought Hecker was the punter the year they won it. If he wasn't, then Uh-oh. the list I found was wrong. Riley Dixon. Look that up real quick. Super Bowl champion. The list I saw for courtesy of Syracuse University does not have that on there. Hmm. No. You know what? No, I'm I'm wrong with that. He signed with them in April 2022. Haha. So I don't have that. You said to play in the Super Bowl, not to win. To right? win. To win the Super Bowl. Okay. They were part of a Super Bowl winning team, and then there was a guy part of an NBA Finals winning team. Man, am I blanking? Was it um. Mungro? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, boy James Munger. I asked this around the room, and somebody <laughs> said that as their answer. I have years that they Can played years? at Syracuse. The football player played at Syracuse from 2008 to 2011. The basketball player played at Syracuse from 2010 to 2012. Both of these championships have happened within the last 10 years. Yep, I thought that. What were the years of the champions, championships? What were the, what were the I years? won't tell you which one is for which championship, but the years are 2014 and 2020. Boy, you guys are missing Moden. 
I can see it in your face. Sam sipping her smoothie. These are not my era. This, is, this is not my. These are not my wheelhouses of, of Syracuse. Once I you're sip gonna the hate smoothie? your. You are gonna hate yourself when you Wait. hear these names. Hold on, hold on. Which one am I gonna hate myself more for? Both. Oh Come God. On. You're gonna hate yourself for both. Probably more for the NFL one. If I was being honest with you. It was NFL 2020 or 2014. I told. I'm not telling you any more hints. I already gave you two. NFL has to be 2020 if you hate yourself more for it. So who has been in recently? A lot of teams have been in the Super Bowl <laughs> and NBA Finals recently. <laughs> Let's be real here. Hmm. I'll give you guys one guess. Your next guess is your last guess. I, I assume Sam doesn't have any answers. 2014, Super Bowl oh, 49. Chandler Jones with the New England Patriots. <laughs> but you made it sound like the Super Bowl was 2020. I so didn't know I, such I was thing. trying to think to myself. I'm like, I'm like, who's on the 49ers or Chiefs in 2020? I was being vague. I didn't turn you one way or the other. You went down that path. 2020, the bubble. Elijah Hughes? No, it was Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. <laughs> Honestly, good stump, Brendan. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good stump. Thank you. I had to get Quality. my confidence back up. And ha- <laughs> not having Moden here really helped. Thank you, guys. That was well done. That was well done. Stumped. Glad you got your confidence boosted back up so we can just smash it down to pieces. Well, who is this week? we? You guys didn't do Us. anything last week. Uh, yeah, we did. No, you didn't. I consider myself in the we with Lawrence Moden. <laughs> we pushed him along. <laughs> yeah, he carried you. Yeah. All right. That's it. Orange Zone Podcast. We'll be back a little bit. We'll be back post-NC State game. So that's our plan is to do next Wednesday. Um, So we have a fresh recap with that as well as looking ahead to the weekend because not too much time. We're going to be having uh, Duke in town. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun one to preview. Woo! All right. We're out of here. Tommy Slade, Exomith Across, and Brendan Hodges. This is the Orange Zone Podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Make sure you're liking, subscribing on CNY Central. We're your place for all things Syracuse Orange. Peace. See ya.